What's up, y'all, and welcome into today's episode of Forte Catholic. I am so happy that you are here in this second week of Advent. Father Anthony and I recorded what we think is a great show. We hope that you guys will enjoy it. We talked about a big update for me at my parish. We talked about um, if Vatican II is as important as Scripture. That's something I heard recently over on a different podcast. We discussed that. Uh, what else did we do? Oh, we talked about confession. We talked about do good talks really matter? We had a blast with this show and actually uh, had some pretty deep conversations as well. We hope that you enjoy it. If you do, please hit the subscribe button wherever you are listening. Where If you are watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. That is the nicest thing that you can do for podcasters, for creators. It really does help us. Um, so thanks in advance, and we hope that you enjoy today's episode. What's up? And welcome to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and that is Father Anthony Scaramucci Sharapa. Thank you. Hello, buddy. I feel very welcomed. <laughs> Good. Uh, we welcome you with praise. <laughs> that's a song for God. Yeah. I think that's what is that? What is that called? Where you give people what's due to God? Which which sin is that? Uh, I think it's idolatry. <laughs> At there the very least. There you go. Well, that's how we're starting off this Catholic podcast this week. Uh, Father Anthony, uh, I we have given you an Italian nickname. You needed no help with uh with uh the other names sure. because they already came pre-Italianized. Yes. Um but I know that you haven't, uh, you know, like you you got off the old Twitter, so you didn't see one of my greatest tweets that I've ever tweeted. It's true, and it it was uh, it was all these SNL hosts, mm-hmm. right? So you've seen how SNL hosts introduce people, correct? Yes, you know. So you know they they welcome people to the show, and they welcome people to uh, like the musical guests and all these sorts of things. So I said on the Twitter that you're no longer a part of that. Um, I would be introducing you this way the next time that you were on the show. Are you ready for this? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tony, 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 Tony. Tony, 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 Tony. Tony. <laughs> That's great. I love it. So, so welcome to the show. Okay. Um, I have, an, uh, ironically enough, another Italian thing. For oh, you. fun. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So, as you know, I've told you off the air that uh, I have started hosting trivia every other Wednesday night at a local bar here in town, and it is so much yeah. fun. <laughs> so, uh, one of the categories the other day, I believe they're called limic- limericks. I always get the types of poems mixed up, okay. right? But essentially, like, the trivia was a poem, and you had to guess what it was about. Okay. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm going to share the poem, and you have to tell me what you think the answer is to this poem. The only quote-unquote talent that MTV could accrue were greasy meatheads hoping for their breakthrough. Yet I should be kinder, since it still serves as a reminder for why we fought Italy in World War II. <laughs> I said the Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I immediately thought of you as I, as I read it. Like, first I heard Greasy, and I was like, oh, my favorite Greasy Italian man, Father Anthony Sharapa. But then I was just like, what? wait, we would have been opposed to each other if we lived in World War II. At times. least for, like, <laughs> uh, the first part. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, wait, oh, before man. we go on, there's an important thing that I noticed. that yeah. So that was a question about what kind of literature? A... A, a, a poem. Po- a poem? 
Yeah. A poem? Are you one of those? No. A poem. I, I, poem. Not... A poem. Poem. Here's what doesn't make sense to me, because poem is the Southern way to say it. Is it, it really? But, but the way you're saying it actually sounds more Southern than the way Southern... I'm going to read this poem. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> it's a bit of culture I was unaware of. Okay. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Um, okay, what else are we going to talk about today? I just I had all my Italian stuff prepped. That's all, all, all we got. <laughs> That's good. It's um, a wrap. But he, here's a bit of... Um, I felt unholy in some of my decision making recently and like Surprise. not in like the sinful way mm. but like just in how i was making some decisions um but i wasn't sure if i should feel this way okay so um as i mentioned i've been hosting trivia and it is every other wednesday night so like i knew that like you know church stuff might come up so i've been i've been having to schedule like talks for youth groups and other church events on wednesday nights like on the on the opposite weeks sure. and it hasn't been a, a problem yet and then I've been doing trivia for about two or three months. So I and I you know recently committed to this, so I like to stay committed to things. Yeah. Well, then my pastor called me. I, I've mentioned it before. We've had some rough times here in our parish over the last few years. Correct. But this new pastor I've opened my heart to and I'm having hope again. And I think that he's doing very good things. Nice. So he calls me and we, we had talked at a football game. He came and sat next to me and he was like, Um, why are the people that like do ministry across the America not doing it in our parish because there's multiple of people like me that like travel and speak and do music and do all kind of ministry stuff that aren't involved in the parish. And it's like, well, we were, and then we all had to deal with the last few. (laughs) 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 So, um, he's like, okay, okay. You know, but I was like, okay, things are changing. I'm starting to come around. Well, he called and he's like, Hey, uh, I would like for you to join the pastoral council oh no and i and i was like i was like i i mean i'd love to you know he he's, so he, he goes through he's like i'd like for you i'd like to invite you to join the pastoral council here's what you like do you know what it is and i was like kind of like you know the advisory board for the pastor I, yeah. I don't know what goes on but i know what it is right yeah. um and he's like yeah you know oh we've been you know uh we, we do our meeting once a month and it's it's usually like on a wednesday during lunch i'm like perfect i'm in and then he goes, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. We actually just changed it. I forgot that we had just changed it at our recent meeting uh, to Wednesday nights, every third Wednesday night. And I'm like, oh, no. Dang it. Like, I've got these commitments, right? Like, I've got some church stuff, but also every other every other week I'm doing trivia. Yeah. So, like, you know, every other week and third Wednesday of the month match up every now and then. It, it's not every other month, but yeah, pretty much. It's like three months on, three months off. It just kind of depends on how the calendar goes. Thanks, Pope St. Gregory. So, it was this this whole thing of like, am I really going to say no? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I told him no. I told him no. I was like, I have another commitment because I had just committed to this thing. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, this feels really weird mm-hmm. to like say no to my pastor for this, in- like for this invitation to join the pastoral council, which I thought you had to be like 75 to be on. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I really like this guy. I want to do it. But at the same time. I just committed to this other thing and I'm not just going to cancel on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's also a big thing for me that I like, I, I like to stay committed to the things that I've committed to. So essentially this whole 24 hours, 48 hours goes by and I'm like, I can't believe I told him no. Yeah. You know? yeah. So then I, I call the trivia people and I'm like, is there, a, has there ever been a, like a day change? You know, we like moving it from Wednesday to Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we reach out. 
It's been two weeks. We reach out to, to the to the bar, through the trivia people. It takes two weeks. We hadn't heard anything. And then finally, I get a call from my pastor on a Wednesday night no. while I'm hosting tw- trivia. <laughs> and about an hour later, I, I, I finally, the, the, the bar, the, the manager of the bar and I sit down and talk. And we are officially moving trivia to Tuesday nights so that Taylor Schroll can join the pastoral council of his local parish. That's amazing. I'm glad that works out. But I think you missed a golden opportunity, which is simply yeah. to have pastoral council in trivia form. So you just gather the pastoral <laughs> council at the bar, and the fish fry, uh, the meal should be A, $5, B, $4, C, six fifty. dollars I'm going to suggest this. <laughs> and that's and how you I'll do trivia. Off, I'll get kicked off the pastoral council at my first meeting in a couple of weeks. <laughs> that's a great idea, Father Anthony. I know. You've been around this. You Okay, so... I know, like, obviously you're not the pastor, but, like, do associate pastors attend these meetings? Uh, When we can, yeah. Um, A lot of times they're Wednesday nights, which is my day off. So I'm like, nope. (laughs) So we've got the pastor (laughs) who's there and the other parochial vicar. Um, But in the past, I I tried to pop in here and there. Um, I also have meetings with with the pastor and with the uh, other parochial – we have priest meetings, like, every week and staff meetings. So I'm, like, in the loop of what's going on. But, uh, yeah, it all depends. So, I have no idea what I've just gotten myself into. I don't, I don't, I know that, like, I know what it is. I just don't know what they do. Like, I don't know what I'm going to, what I'm, I, I have no idea how long I'm committed to this. I don't know what my role is. You know, like, I don't know what I'm, what I got myself into. And, like, y'all have that little joke on Clerically Speaking about, like, when lay people come on, you call it pastoral council yeah. or whatever, and not presbyteral exhortations, yes, you yes. know? So, um, like literally my biggest connection to pastoral council is clerically speaking. Yeah. Because <laughs> like no. so like what what am I gonna be doing at these things? Yeah, so it depends. Because uh, different pastoral councils are run different ways. If it's good, uh the pastor will actually be seeking your guys' counsel because uh not shockingly to you or probably to anybody, uh the priest usually doesn't know everything that's going on in the parish. And so the ideal is that the different members of the pastoral council are involved in different aspects of the community. So you don't want just a bunch of 75-year-old people. You want younger people, older people involved in different things with different perspectives. Uh, so you can get a better feel for what's going on in the parish. Also, uh, the pastoral council can help communicate what's going on in the parish. Because, you know, uh, in any parish, there's always tons of rumors about why Father did this or that. You'll know. And because you, well, maybe not you specifically, I don't know what your reputation is in your parish, but in general, maybe, <laughs> maybe the pastoral council members is a little hurtful. are a little, <laughs> people don't know you like I know you, Taylor. I, I think you're very approachable, uh, but, uh, you know, they, they may feel more comfortable coming to you with stuff or trying to ask you questions instead of, or maybe the pastor's just busy. Um, So it can be all kinds of things. Um, You know, right now our pastoral councils are very much involved in trying to figure out how we continue to make uh, these former two parishes, you know, the one parish that it is. Um, So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really all about communication. And I'm actually really glad you're on it because I think your perspective, your history of ministry, I think it's great. And and kudos to your pastor for reaching out to you for that. Um, Because that also shows a lot of trust when the pastor's picking his pastoral council as well. Um, because, yeah, he's he's not going to pick someone, <laughs> a crazy person uh, or something like that. So I think it's really cool. I think it's a good thing. It's a, I'm really glad you were able to say yes to it. It's it's important to have, I think, your perspective on it. 
Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. I uh, I think he just got annoyed signing all these like waivers for me to go talk at other places. He's like, I just want you to be here. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> to get you more invested. It's like, well, you're on the council, right. so. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He duped me, and I have been duped. But uh, but I'm excited about it. I really good. am. And uh, and uh, it was funny. One of, one of my friends texted me who knows this my pastor really well. And he's like, he's really excited you said yes. And I was like, well, I'm glad I told him no for two weeks to kind of, you know, yeah. put him on edge Good. for a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I, I know like one of the big things, one of the like one of the reasons I said yes, it wasn't it, it wasn't the only thing, but it was like the cherry on top. It's like the last conversation that we had. I just noticed something because you said like, oh, yeah, you know where he could bounce ideas off of and ask questions like that's what i've been doing with him at the football games like that's where we've started to get to know each other is at at the school's football games he comes and sits with me and then i realized i just realized the timing like football season just ended and so he invited me to pastoral council because he can't meet with me every other friday now (laughs) yeah that's probably it you know (laughs) (laughs) oh man but I know, like, one of the things he told me at, at the last game that we were at, and one of the things, like, he wants to reach out to uh, people who aren't Catholic. So he's been asking me, like, in your travels, like, where have you seen this working well? And I'm like, uh, nowhere. You know, like, we're, we're barely good at, like, helping the Catholics that we are. Yeah. So, one of the, uh, like, in our parish, so one of the things that he's starting is Alpha, which is supposed to be this outreach thing. And I know, like, John has, has worked with it at, at his last parish. So I know that I'll be helping with that. That's the only thing that I know that I'll be involved in so anyway that's that okay so enough life updates but something kind of connected to uh, me being on pastoral council is um can people on the pastoral council of parishes ask the questions like i'm about to ask oh <laughs> I think, let's find out i feel like I feel like pastoral uh, uh, council people i don't know it's just a thing in my head it's like you're 75 and wise and know everything and meanwhile i'm about to ask a question Based on one of the like biggest tenets of our faith that I'm not quite sure about. <laughs> well, this will be interesting. <laughs> okay, I was listening to a a uh, Catholic podcast where there was a priest who wrote a book about Vatican II, and this is not a setup for your friend Father Harrison. I know that he's. I actually turned down an interview with a priest who wrote a book about Vatican II. Because I want to support Father Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! <laughs> it's like no, even if Father Harrison does, I have we haven't planned it. I, I plan to reach out and ask him to come on the show. Yeah. But even if he says no, I'm not going to support this other guy. I want him to <laughs> at least get neutral support from me. So <laughs> that's amazing. I'll tell him that he'll love it. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah. Also, kind of sad because that means I, he, I know he doesn't listen. But like you know, the fact that you have to tell him is also kind of sad. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) But, okay. This priest was talking about Vatican II. And he said something that I'm not, I don't don't agree with. Mm -hmm. And I might be wrong or he might be wrong. And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. Okay. Um, Here's what he said. He said it is just as important to read tradition, including Vatican II. So the traditions of the church, the teachings of the church. So all these, you know, I think there's been, what, 20 ecumenical councils, Mm -hmm. something, you know, uh, 20-ish, if not exactly 20. Um, He said it's just as important to read tradition, Vatican II, as it is to read scripture. So initial thoughts, like, yes, like, you know, we have these two pillars of our faith. We have scripture and tradition, which is one of the things that makes us different than, like, Protestants who just have solo solo scriptura, like scripture alone. 
So and like in even in the mass, it's like the mass is a big thing from tradition, but we also have like the liturgy of the word and like the so there is balance there. But like my initial pushback is, I, I don't know, like Jesus is the incarnate word, like the Bible is the word of God, the living, like it is Jesus. And tradition to me, I could be misunderstanding, helps explain those things. But I don't think it's as important to read the documents of Vatican II as, you know, the Gospel of John. What yeah. Say you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a really good question. Um, so I think we need, to just, we need to parse some things out. So scripture and tradition are the two sources of divine revelation. So in that sense, they are equal in the sense that they're both divine revelation. Okay. Um, uh, when we say scripture is uh, the word of God, you, you don't want to say, is scripture Jesus? That's not quite right. You know, it's it's close to right. It's not quite right. Um, you wouldn't want to say like the words on the text are Jesus. Um, you know, the word of God is Jesus Christ. Uh, his that's 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 the difficult thing because in the church we use all these metaphors and stuff, and metaphors are never exact. Um, so we pay a lot of reverence to Scripture and to the Bible, but we don't pay it the same reverence as the Holy Eucharist, for example, right? Um, not that it's competition; it's just you know there are different things. Um, so in general, you need to treat both scripture and tradition as the divinely revealed word of God. And that happens very perfectly at the mass because you have the readings of scripture. A lot of the prayers of the mass are from scripture, but mass itself is tradition. So you have scripture and tradition in their proper context, working together in the liturgy, uh, that is the mass. So perfect. Great. Good. Also, like when you and I read scripture, we're doing so with tradition in our minds already. Like when we're reading about Peter, we're like, oh, Pope, you know, uh, it's already in there. So in a general sense, they have to be treated equally. <gasps> we should do word association. That would be a game for another yes, time. Yes, good. Like, uh, Peter, Pope. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'd be like, bad fisherman. Like, fun word association. <laughs> I'm writing this down. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> good, you're good. Right? Now, to get specific, uh, like to your point, what's more important for your everyday Catholic Reading the Gospel of John or reading the documents of Vatican II? You know, I'm right. going to say very obviously reading the Gospel of John, right? So it's it's also like saying, um, like tradition is more than just Vatican II. Vatican II is a part of that tradition. Um, so it's a little more uh, difficult to kind of, you know, parse that out. Um, Vatican II is a great way to enter into some of the tradition of the church because the documents, in my opinion, are, are fairly accessible. You know, they're not as... Um, arcane as some of the other older um, writings of the church, you know, and you're not talking about noumena and ousios and all these Greek things. And it's, it's a little more straightforward. Um, and also you get, it's one of those things like, you know how you get scripture out of the mass. So implicitly like you and I, we might not be great at citing uh, verses and chapters of the Bible, but we get the stories because we're kind of immersed in that culture of scripture through the liturgy. In the same way, we're kind of immersed in the tradition of the church through the liturgy. Um, so I would say for the average Catholic, reading the Gospels is more important than reading the documents of Vatican II. But in general, scripture and tradition, they have to go together because they're both sources of divine revelation. So it's one of those things, that example, it's um, sometimes to make a point, you have to make a strong point to get people to think. And you give a, like a, a point that's not nuanced. Uh, so just to get people thinking, I think that's what that statement is. 
You know, there is something yeah. true there. Scripture and tradition, they're both important, and Vatican II is important. You can't toss it out. It's not irrelevant. Uh, but for your average Catholic who needs to sit down and, and learn more about Jesus, I would start with the Gospels first, for sure. Okay. So I have I have uh, a follow up on how this on how this statement made me think for my personal life and not just for content for the show. Sure. But my second follow up question is: I, I gave you the you know we we did Gospel of John, which is a lot of people's favorite book, versus general documents of Vatican II for this average Catholic. Yes, I will rebut you and and ask you. Let's see what a, for the average Catholic, the same person. Yeah. Should they should they more importantly read Habakkuk or Dei Verbum, specifically the document in Vatican II about Scripture itself? Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> that's really good because I would say Dei Verbum is a great way to understand <laughs> I Scripture. Would too. Yeah, I really would. You know, so that's that's. I mean, it, this is it's actually really wonderful because it, it shows you how like integrated these things are. Um, right. <laughs> Yeah. Missio ad gentis or second kings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, fascinating. Um, uh, and also okay, in, so in Vatican II, okay. there are different like levels of documents. Like there's – I forget the exact wording right now. Father Harrison would yell at me. Uh, but Dave Erbum is one of those big ones. Powerful, mediocre, and non, non-important. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> but but th- it's those words in Latin. Yes. Then, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But Dave Erbum is, is like how do Catholics understand scripture? I mean it's – Pretty easy to read. It's actually pretty edifying, spiritually speaking, and it makes a lot of sense. And that's something like any Catholic can Google that, get it off the super amazing, extravagant Vatican website with its parchment paper and <laughs> background. It's the job done. Yeah. All I do is copy and paste paste it into my send to Kindle, and it just sends a PDF document to my Kindle. Exactly. Best way to read free books. It is true. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yes. Okay. So now the real thing that i i heard this mm. and, and i was wondering like does he actually believe this or is he promoting his book you know what i mean like i wasn't, I wasn't quite sure um but the, the i think a lot of times whenever i like i'm challenged on something or i disagree with it immediately mm-hmm. like i heard that and i'm like Ugh. yeah you know, like it, just, it just didn't sit right with me and then i'm like okay why like why didn't that sit right with me and i thought about it and i shared my reasons earlier in this segment why it didn't sit right with me cuz like i think scripture is more important than you know reading <laughs> you know some random thing from vatican II. Yeah. but at the same time i think it challenged me because i think there was like a 10 or 20% of me that was like i am way more familiar with scripture than church teaching or church documents or like the catechism yeah. or Vatican II or any of those types of things. So I think it was also like a little bit of a challenge mm-hmm. to like, hey, I do need to expand in this area. So I think like as I've been thinking about it, the thing that I've been challenged to is to read a little bit more. Uh, I, I have read all the documents of Vatican II because I took a s- class on it, but it was, it was almost a decade ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like to revisit those documents, like I think I've tried to read the catechism through once and I got to like n- page 60. <laughs> There's like 4,000, you know, like, yeah. so like, I think I needed to explore that a little more. So if you're like me and you're more seeped in scripture than like church documents or like saint, saint books or those, you know, other things that are traditions of the church, try to try to challenge yourself to read some of that as we enter you know this Advent season and into the new year. Uh, but if you are more in the like, you're super steeped in tradition and you know all the saints, you know all their quotes and then you've read all their books, but not so much the scripture, maybe lean to that side so that we can get this balance that you brought up yeah, earlier. exactly. And I would say, uh, if you're one or the other, if you are not familiar with the Gospels, I would really suggest the Gospel of Mark, not just because it's the shortest, 
but it's just the most action in the Gospels. Jesus is just running around doing stuff, and you get a very vivid image of the activity of Jesus. And if you want to do Vatican II stuff, I would say De Verbum would be the first one. Uh, that's on the Word of God. And then one, it's slightly more challenging, but it's about uh, the Mass, which is something as Catholics, hopefully we do all the time, Sacrosanctum Concilium. So just like, you know, I wouldn't, uh, direct someone to Habakkuk right away. I was yeah, yeah, in the yeah. Gospels, you know, I wouldn't, you know, uh, so those are my suggestions off the top of my head. I always suggest people to read the book of third John because it's a paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> I read a whole book of the Bible. Really of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, I was going to say something witty and snarky and I forgot it because of your little joke. Dang it. Boom. What were we talking about? <laughs> Scripture, tradition, Bible. Scripture, tradition. Oh, oh, oh! You said that Mark was like the most action-filled. Yeah. And I, I, I never thought of it before, but I mix, immediately pictured Mark as a Michael Bay film. <laughs> like, there's just a ton of action. There's not a lot of story yeah. going on there, but there's a ton of action. And then, you know, uh, oh, yeah. I, I just started comparing the Gospels to movies, and that's a whole other segment, too. We're creating so many segments out of this segment. But don't worry. We're going to come back and not do any of those because we have something else planned. Don't go in anywhere <laughs> my friends you have a choice here as we are still in the beginning of this advent season you can get caught up in the rush of shopping and traveling and decorating and parties or you can slow down and take time each week to remember what this season is all about the coming of the christ join ave maria press this december for a special series on ave explores advent 2021 i have already listened to the two episodes that have come out and they have been very good um, each Sunday, um, it's already started. You'll have access to beautiful Advent Reflections uh, videos by Father John Burns based on his new book, Adore, a guided Advent journal for prayer and meditation. And also the podcast, which I mentioned a minute ago with Katie Prejean McGrady, uh, Sarah Swafford, Heather Kim, Sister Miriam James, um, and then finally closing it up with Father John Burns. Um, it's going to be great. It already is great. Make sure you hit subscribe on uh, Ave Explorers wherever you listen to pod podcasts and everything else they have going on at AveMariaPress.com or and or. I love the slash and or and slash or. That sounds like a person and slasher. Um, Ave, follow Ave Maria Press on social media. Do it now. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and that is Father Anthony Scaramucci and the Sharapa pointing at himself like we don't know which one he is. It's like, I'm the one talking, and the other person is who I am speaking about. Exactly. I'm going to start talking in third person so that it confuses everybody. Mm -hmm. Taylor Schroll is also here. <laughs> Welcome, Taylor. <laughs> Wait, I only see two boxes on the screen. What's going on? <laughs> Uh, I, I could just add more of me. I'm just surrounding right. you. Or people are listening. Um, they're, like, they're waiting for the third person to jump in, and that person never jumps in. Very confusing. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, so uh, you have you have a, a segment topic. Yeah. So uh, I was uh, just uh, you know, a little while ago, I was helping out on a retreat. There's this big retreat in my diocese. Basically, 20 years ago, a bunch of youth ministers got, youth ministers got together and decided, hey, planning a retreat by ourselves is tough. Let's get together. We'll get parishes from all yeah, the yeah, dioceses yeah. and have a big old retreat. And it's a retreat that I was on when I was in high school. And very profound effect on me. Now I'm so it didn't work. It didn't work. I only became a priest. <laughs> anyway, uh, and I'm not Pope yet, so I guess it wasn't very good. Uh, so um, now I'm the spiritual advisor for the group of youth ministers who now runs this thing. 
So there's 175 kids, which we were very happy with because for a while we thought we were only going to get like 60. And it's like the first big event for a lot of these kids after COVID. Okay. And so typical retreats from Friday night to Sunday morning, there's talks, workshops, free time, there's an MC, there's silliness, there's uh, depth, and then there's, you know, adoration and confessions. And so we had uh, the theme of the whole time was freedom. Uh, we actually had these big letters that were on the stage and it said, live free. And that was just very difficult for me the entire time because it felt like it was missing something like uh, live free or like die hard, live free or die. Yeah. It's like it was something missing. It was just live free. And it was breaking my brain the entire time. Okay. So we had all these talks and all the speakers, they were fine. They were good. You know, uh, they were all genuine. Uh, so I don't mean any of this to disparage any of the speakers as human beings, but let's be honest, you know, uh, I've been involved and heard a lot of talks over my time, uh, you know, Taylor, you even more so than me. And you know, when you and hear, I, a, I, we, we've already reviewed some of your talks yes, on the show. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so we know when, what is a good talk? What is a bad talk? Okay. And I've been getting emails of the, uh, like reviews, um, we sent out a, a we sent out a uh, what's the thing that a when you do a thing and then you review the thing? Uh, cotton candy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're gonna have to edit this out. <laughs> what's the word? Anyway, we we getting emails saying like how we did, and I've been amazed by these because in my mind there is the obvious good talks, the obvious bad talks, like the first talk genuine you know real but in my opinion it wasn't prepared it was rambly it was full of vagaries it was like the stories didn't come to a point you know and then there was talks that were good my talk was incredibly entertaining uh but not necessarily the deepest <laughs> to be honest hey everyone come and see how good i look <laughs> it was you know i was telling these crazy stories from seminary and stuff i got the most audience reaction but i wasn't super happy with it uh, so, but what amazed me is that some people thought the talks that were obviously objectively the best were like, meh, okay. The one talk I thought was just flat out bad. Some people loved it. And that, that got me thinking like, how important are talks really? You know, we pay people tons of money, uh, to like come in and give talks and do that sort of thing. Or maybe not tons of money if it's, you know, somebody like you know, me, but uh, and the one thing that everyone said was the most important was that two hours of adoration. So it got me thinking, how important are talks really? Like, if if it's just, like, if it's above a C plus, is that all you need? Or is it because you need a mix of things? What's your experience with how effective talks actually are? Or maybe I'm just going crazy. How important do you think they are, Taylor? Yeah, so you brought up uh, two primary different scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, I, I knew that we were comparing like the good talks to the bad talks, and that's what I was prepared to talk yeah. about. You also brought up there at the end um, that, that everybody said that adoration was their favorite. Sure. Part, right? It's like, oh, like, okay, let's get that one out of the way first. Okay. Because like, what are you, you going to do? Have adoration from Friday night until Sunday morning? Right, right. You don't want to just like, have adoration like, and that's it. Obviously, right? So like the whole point is like everybody talks about like it's always the Saturday night adoration or the, or the, or, or, or the big liturgical thing or whatever on yeah. Saturday night or, what, or a lot of, sometimes Sunday morning. But like everything that built into that retreat, 
led up to that moment. Right? Sure, like the, I agree. Yeah. Ministers plan it that way. The, the talks, the free time, the the small groups, the like whatever you're doing leads into and helps you prepare for that big thing. Okay. Secondly, and like the 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 other thing is like good talks versus bad talks, good speakers versus bad speakers. Right. Do they actually matter? Um, I'm going to unequivocally say yes. Mm-hmm. With some caveats. Cool. Um, so, um, I can. I've been a part, like, like you said. I, I, I've traveled and, spe- and spoken. So I'm just going to get it out of the way. Like, I sh- could I be a little biased because this is how I make a living? Sure, you know. But like, I think the re. <laughs> mm, sometimes the reason that people hire speakers is because they're a big name and they think it'll drive more people to sign up for the retreat. Sure. Other times they hire good speakers because they know that they have made an impact on a lot of people's lives. Sometimes those two things can coincide, but sometimes they don't. Like sometimes, a lot of times I've gone to talks and like the big people who are the marquee people, it's like I've heard them a lot of times, but it really was the new person that was really on fire mm-hmm. that actually gave the best talk, yeah. right? Um, uh, some other caveats is, I, as, as we were talking about this yesterday, I, w- I started thinking about it, you know, since we discussed it on xbox last night before we recorded today was like i was thinking about like what are the moments that were the most impactful when i was in in high school Mm -hmm. and the moments a lot of the moments were like the big adoration moments at studentville conferences like i mean everybody else my age you know um but a lot of them also were like the one-on-one moments i had with my youth minister in his office yeah like those were the impactful moments but you know how do you just like know stuff about Catholicism? Right. You don't know how you know it, but you kind of know it. You don't know how you know it. You don't know where you heard it. You don't know who said it. Like a lot of times I think about it a lot. It's like I've heard this phrase from somebody. I don't know who I, who said it. So I'm not like trying to plagiarize, but I am sharing it. I'm catechizing, passing it down. So that word means like I'm passing on what I have heard, you know. Um, I think that's what talks do. Mm-hmm. Because like I am catechized from the thousands of talks that I have heard, right? So I do think they're very important. Um, last caveat, and then I'll let you kind of respond to. I have a million thoughts on this, and I could go on for forever. But the last caveat is, um, I do think that there are times that God works, not obviously that God works through weakness, including mm-hmm. weakness in the skill that you are trying to perform. Mm-hmm. I have I have said at length that bad music doesn't help me grow closer to God, but there is there have been um, exceptions to that quote unquote rule. One of the best worship leaders I've ever heard in my entire, or like that I've ever worshipped with, mm-hmm. has one of the worst voices for a singer I've ever heard. <laughs> but but he was so like connected with the spirit and connected with the worship that you just wanted to worship along with him, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that can happen with talks too. But with remember, these are all caveats to yes, a good, thoroughly planned, thoughtfully created, and then and Holy Spirit led from the moment of planning all the way through the talk is important. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and I think I agree with that. And I think part of that was, you know, because uh, all the speakers, I think, were faithful people. Like, we, we, when we booked them, we knew that for sure. Everyone knew one of the speakers personally trusted them and their experience of the gospel. So I think that makes up for a multitude of sins. Um, yeah, that makes up for a whole bunch. It makes them open to the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit will flow through them and into the crowd as well. It's also interesting what you said about uh, how we know stuff. And I think it's absolutely true. Like I've heard a bunch of talks, homilies, whatever. Uh, and somehow that gets into your brain. Uh, but also I think there's, there's, 
I think what you remember from a talk very often, not always, is not the content, but the experience. I think this is true about homilies as well. Like uh, people say like, you know, well, will tell you, oh, I love this homilist. But they probably couldn't tell you a whole lot of what specific things he preached or the three points or whatever else. It's just they've had an experience of Jesus Christ through that homily or they had an experience of Jesus Christ through that talk. And while having a well-formed talk is important, it for me, I think it, it, it more removes any potential roadblocks. Um, uh, there was one, uh, our, one of our retired bishops, brilliant, brilliant, holy man. Uh, his homilies, the content are amazing, but is just the driest speaker you will ever see uh, or hear. And so I know that. So whenever I would hear him preach, I'm like, I have to focus. I need to like smack my right. face, like wake up, like he's going to say something important. <laughs> um, but if you have someone who's, who's talented, uh, charismatic, uh, that just makes it easier. So there is something to be said for the talent of the speaker, how good they are at constructing a talk yeah yeah and and like i think like my my theory on the we just know stuff from all the stuff that we've heard yeah also fits with what you just said mm-hmm. because if the person is a good speaker where they're not saying a million ums and they're not like you said that first talk was just kind of wild yeah. and all over the place and and rambly and those sorts of things like those are the sorts of things that make me and most human beings check out yeah so if, if i check out the content isn't going to seep into into my brain and into my soul, into my spirit, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm actively checked out, right? But like you were saying, if there is a good a good homilist, somebody who is um, good at preaching, it is good for like you are a a holy man, you are a priest who is making the decision to tune in to this very holy man, right? Mm-hmm. And like his content is tremendous. Not not all people are have the ability to do that. Sure. So I think somebody who is able to grab attention. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's one of the skills that I have whenever I'm speaking is that I, I, I keep the attention of people. Maybe I'm not as deep as a, as a Scott Hahn or a Mark Hart or, or, or these types of people. Like, sure. like I think like, I th- like Mark Hart is tremendously entertaining, too. But like Scott Hahn isn't the most like entertaining person. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like for like youth stuff. Sure. Right. Yeah. To where like I think for youth stuff, I, I might be better than Scott Hahn, which, which can set that because of. I think I can engage that audience and they can hear. But, like, where did I get my content? Mm-hmm. I probably took a lot of it from Scott Hahn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I took the content and, and, and gave it to the method. So I think, like, you know, I, I've been thinking about method a lot. Like, I, we're, um, I, I've been thinking about my methods teacher, a sister in, in grad school a lot, and how we were taught how to teach mm. the faith and how to pass down the faith. So it's been on my mind a lot. And so it's like, Content wise, like I'm on a, I'm a one on a scale of one to a hundred, and, and Scott Hahn's like a ninety nine. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's almost perfect. But it's like method. The method is important. Um, I think to grab people who aren't like you and saying I'm going to choose to listen to this guy who may be a little boring. Yeah, you know? and I, I, it was making me think of another question because this isn't just for people who are in ministry. If you're a Catholic who goes to retreats. Uh, even if you're like a high schooler who was really involved in the youth group, you've probably been to a lot of Stephenville conferences and stuff, you start to get used to or you start to understand methodology and talks, right? You start to um, this like you almost withdraw yourself from the experience of the talk and you start to analyze it. And that can be actually difficult because sometimes it's hard to get the message. So I remember even in high school, 
like somebody would begin a talk and like, oh, I've heard this one. And I tune out. And there's a good chance uh, I probably miss every homily on Sunday. Morning. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> and there's a good chance that in that I probably missed something that was probably good or maybe different. And uh, how do you or do you uh, how do you deal with if you've heard a lot of talks, you've been to a lot of retreats. How do you go into a talk uh, being receptive to whatever the Lord may tell you? Because um, I even made fun of this a little bit during my talk, um, like my my podium wasn't working, kept falling down. And then my brother came to you know give me a different podium. And I said, I actually don't have any notes. This is just a prop. And it was true. I didn't have any <laughs> notes. I just wrote on the front page, make fun of Nick Sharapa, literally on the front page. That's all I did. And then, you know, at the end of the talk, the band starts playing a little music behind. And I was part of my talk was like, not all of the spiritual life is about drama because uh, there's a lot of drama on these big retreats. I said, not everything's dramatic. You're not always going to hear beautiful music behind you as you pray, you know? So I was kind of poking oh fun at the medium a right. little bit. But for my brain, I can get so wrapped up in all that stuff that's hard for me to actually right. just receive a talk. Right. Yeah. Um, I've already given my answer when I interrupted you. It is very difficult for me yeah. to, to uh, for like things that I do professionally, like give talks, like preach mm -hmm. and music. Like those are the two things that it's hard for me. But it, so it, it is difficult. So how do I handle it? Not well, uh, but <laughs> the times that I do handle it well, um, it's it's the same thing we talked about scripture in, in in the last in the last segment. It's like I've read the same passage in scripture before, like the readings. I've heard all these readings before, but I am very attentive during the readings. Mm -hmm. Even though I've heard them before, way more than I've heard this, the style of homily or the, the exact homily sometimes of the mm -hmm. person preaching, I've heard those more and yet they still impact me, right? Because I'm in a different place, I'm dealing with different stuff, and those scriptures are still, you know, ever ancient, ever new, right? Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, the scripture is more powerful than a, than a homily, but it, the same thing should apply. Where it's like Taylor, you've heard, you know, Habakkuk chapter four over and over and over and over again. <laughs> you can cite it by memory, obviously, but like. Even if you've heard similar things in a homily before, like, okay, the most basic homily. Hey, go to Mass every Sunday. Pray every day. It's like, I'm pretty good on the Sunday thing. I've missed a couple since COVID, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, do, have I prayed every day? Absolutely not. <laughs> so how how prideful of me to not listen to a talk of, hey, you should pray every day. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I've heard this before. And then I go home and don't pray that day like an idiot, you know? Yeah. So. I think that's it's it's the moments that those things work accidentally that proves that I should be doing it more often. True. Also, why are we dunking on Habakkuk this this episode? I was thinking like, what is it even about? I know he's a prophet. I have no idea what goes on in that book. Well, I can recite chapter four for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to call you on that. I'm not going to test you on that. <laughs> I don't even know if there's four chapters. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, what was the last thing I was going to say? Last thing I was going to say. Okay, so. I, we started with the. I started with the emphatic yes. Yes, they absolutely matter. With all of the caveats, I think the the final caveat, because you said that you were getting a lot of the reviews that like, oh, this talk that you thought was terrible actually hit people the yeah. most. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that kind of stuff can happen, but it is the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Right. So like, good good speakers, good homilists, good preachers, are booked often for a reason because people are impacted by the words that they have to say, right? Now, the final caveat I'll give is um, I'm sure that you have had this experience that I have had. You give a talk, and it is 
in the last hundred talks you've given, it is the number one hundred. Like it is the worst yeah. talk that you've given in a long time. Anecdotally, like those are the talks that I get the most compliments on. Yeah. Um, the talks where I'm just like, I bombed that. It was terrible. And people come up and they're like, that was so impactful. That was so good. So they're like, I think the the final caveat is even if there's a bad speaker, like God can still work. God can still move because I've been that bad speaker at times. And mm. I know it. Yeah. Like, I know it. And like, I think those moments are for me to prove to me that it's God and not yeah. me. Right. You know? Um, but you know, the other 99 talks that I gave that were good, it was me working with God and not him by himself. Like I left him for this hundredth <laughs> yeah. one, you know? So. so, okay. I'm going to level with you. This is all because I really have one question. All this is leading Uh-oh. to one question. And yes, I'll come give the talk at your next retreat. No, no, though I would love to have you. Um, uh, the, here it is. Taylor, my talk was objectively the best. Why would some people like the bad talk other than mine? Uh, have you heard of the fall? <laughs> exactly. They're all sinners. If you didn't like my talk, you're a terrible sinner, and you need to go to confession. I agree. got if they had gone to confession first, they would have. They would have totally the, understood that I gave the most profound, hilarious, <laughs> deep, uh, relatable, um, life-changing talk of the entire retreat. Good. Okay. And my my life has been changed by this segment that you created. So um, we're gonna come back super holy because we have both been changed by this experience. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm loving using this OCPE missile app in mass. I've already used it uh, the past two Sundays. It's so easy. You open up your phone and boom, there is the order of the mass, the mass readings. You can even find songs in the app. This USCCB approved app, um, Breaking Bread 2022 e-missile app is now available. The app features, as I mentioned, instant access to music, readings, prayers, including the prayers that the priest says during mass that like sometimes it's hard for me to follow along. But if I have it right there on my phone, I can follow along. Boom. It's so much easier for so much easier for me to pay attention. The order of the mass, uh, providing churchgoers with everything they need to take part in the celebration of the Eucharist. The Breaking Bread 2022 e-missile app is only $4.99 and available for the entire liturgical year. The, the liturgical year that just started when Advent started all the way through the beginning of next Advent. So what is it? What's five divided by 12? If you're smarter than me, that is less than uh, 50 cents? Less than 50 cents? Something like that. Very cheap. Um, so visit... Um, ForteCatholic.com slash OCP. That is the link that I created. ForteCatholic.com slash OCP, or just download directly from the App Store or Google Play. Guys, go get it. It's so easy to do and makes Mass so much easier to dive into. Do it! Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and Father Anthony, you uh, we were just talking about like God working through weakness. You just ac- accidentally did something completely cool. I accidentally did a segue. You did a segue. I'm so proud. I just pictured you writing a segue. It mm-hmm. just broke me, and I can't even go on with the show anymore. Yes. I think you writing a segue might be the funniest visual I've had in months. Mm, <laughs> yes. I'm picturing you, like, in your priest outfit with your stupid haircut. Just scooting I, we along. We haven't even dressed just yet. Just scooting along. Yet. You look so dumb. Show, show, show the viewers the side of your head. The side of your head look ridiculous. It's great. It's you nice, got- clean cut. The undercut, man. It's what all the hipsters are doing. It's what all the 14-year-olds are doing. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> That's my problem with it. Okay. So uh, you did a segue. You're talking about like, hey, you should go to confession. It was kind of a joke, um, which also connects perfectly with like we started a segment on the show uh, about a month or two ago called Punishment Fits the Crime. Mm-hmm. I don't think have – have I played this game with you yet? Oh, I don't know. 
I don't think I have I've, because I think it's like it's it's like where we each pretend to be a priest and yes. give weird confessions and then give weird penances. I don't think I've played with you yet because you're the only one that's actually a priest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like multiple people, like I present it as a game, and all three of the other co-hosts have like asked to play the game. Yes, like I intro, I forget who I introduced it with, but the other two heard it and saw it and wanted to mm-hmm. play the game. And it's this whole like, hey, you know, it's it's essentially based on that meme of like, you see, everybody's seen the meme by now of a guy in confession. The priest is saying like, again, that's weird, but not a sin. Yeah. You know, like, uh, oh. so we've been giving like weird things that may or may not be sins, and then giving weird and odd penances on it, right? And the whole point of it is to make kind of a game out of this, not to poke fun at confession, but actually the message at the end of everyone has been. Hey, like this is just your fun reminder to go to confession. And so that has been on my heart for the last, you know, two months since we started this game. I'm like, I need to go to confession. I need to go to confession. I need to go to confession. And people who've listened to the show for the last few months know that I was very busy for those first two months. Of, yeah. Of, of, and, and it was just like, oh, I think, you know, I'm finally done with my work deck. I go to confession now. It is 2 a.m. I don't think it's open. You know? <laughs> no, like, it's <laughs> not open. It's not open. At but, 2 but as I mentioned a few weeks ago, like things have started to slow down, get into the holidays. People are taking breaks from their podcast. Okay, my, I'm getting my life back. I can breathe. I'm, I'm much less stressed. All good. So I finally went to confession because we have at four o'clock. I actually finished my work day by four o'clock, went to confession. And our new pastor that we had, we had talked about um, earlier in the show, uh, my whole rule is I don't go to confession with with priests who are my boss. Good. Um, so I've worked for priests for a very long time, and I've never gone to them. And then I had this weird thing of like, does pastoral counsel count? <laughs> you know, because I want pastoral counsel now. So I uh, so what I did is I let my wife go. I, I was very, she was behind me in line. I let my wife go before me to go to the pastor, and I went to our new associate pastor, who's really cool. It's this guy. Uh, he's actually from Africa, really cool guy, mm. uh, big, big and jolly, just so much fun. Um, so I had been wanting to go to confession, and I finally did, and I go, and and I, um, here's what I wrote. Let me just do my, I have my show prep here. Okay. Um, I, I, every time somebody asked me to do punishment for this crime, I wanted to go even more. I kept sinning. Obviously, that made me want to go go some more. And then my pastor, ironically enough, in one of his homilies, he's a good preacher, so I was listening, mm. um, he always does his homily, and then, like, right before he says the Mass is ending, go in peace, he does, like, a two-sentence reminder, like a little oh, two-sentence, neat. like, yeah. recap of the homily. It's actually really cool. Interesting. Uh, where he's like, hey, j- j- uh, like, wh- I-, I-, I, um, I forget what it was because it was months ago now, but he was like, hey, remember the three Ps, and it was like prayer, penance, and something yeah. or whatever, right? From from the, the – uh, so it's just like that that line. As you go through your week – uh, and one of like there's a feast day. One time he was like, "Hey, remember that today's a feast day, so celebrate by going ahead and have some ice cream." And all the kids got super excited. <laughs> it's like he always does, like one last little line. Good. Well, this last one is, um, he he did it. He was like, "Hey, if you've been far from God and want to get back in your relationship, go to confession." Yeah. The mass is ended. Go in peace. Nice. Like, like it was such a cool ending, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay. And sure enough, a few days later, I'm standing in the confessional Good. line. So. Um, I go to confession, I, I confess my sins, and then uh, this the the priest is just awesome. Um, he the, the uh, it's first time really interacting with him, but he gave like really good but like succinct advice. Advice, you know, I've been de- saying the same sins since I was you know an infant, you know. So it's like, <laughs> like it was new things that wasn't the same old thing over and over and over again. And then he gave me a new penance, which is like what the whole game was based on, right? Giving odd penances, right, yeah. or different penances, like. He gave me a penance that I've never 
gotten before. Hmm. And it had nothing to do, it seemingly had nothing to do with what I did, right? So somebody was like, oh, if you're being prideful, say, you know, say a prayer to Jesus that you can be humble as he humbled himself to come to earth. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. oh, you've been having lustful thoughts or whatever. So pray, you know, pray, pray a few Hail Marys to Mary to help with your purity because she was pure. Like, there's always like a connect, or there seemingly yeah. is always a connection. But he said, like, I didn't kill a person. And he said, pray for the dead today. Oh, okay. He's like, pray for the souls who will die today that they may enter into, into eternal glory. And I was just, like, I was blown away by the fact that here I am, you know, g- going to confession, kind of feeling like a piece of crap because I, you know, I'm doing my examination conscious. It had been, like, three months since I had gone to confession. Like, kind of feeling like, oh, I've been kind of lax in this, and I kind of put it off, and, and I, I, I accumulated all these sins, and I'm feeling like a piece of crap, and like, oh, do I even deserve God's mercy? All, all this kind of stuff, right? right. And, and then I think of, like, how many people just in life in general can feel like that that are going to die today? Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. And here's a random person in a random church that they've never met, and there's somebody praying for their soul. Mm-hmm. And just I thought about the day that I die. Mm-hmm. And somebody getting that penance and praying for me in a random church halfway across the world, maybe not even in a language that I understand, and praying for my soul. And it was this special spiritual moment that I had of just something that I never thought about. Yeah. And it was, I, it was, it, I think it's the best penance I've ever received. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes... Uh, so I, that maybe makes me think of um, when, uh, after the resurrection, Peter and Jesus are on the beach and uh, it's almost kind of like a confession between Jesus and Peter. Like, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And that feed my sheep part has always struck me because it's like Jesus wants Peter to get out of himself, get out of his guilt, like go do something, like go be active. And I've always thought this, like the Lord, after he forgives us, he's really not interested in the past. He wants us to get out of ourselves and go do something because he still wants us uh, to, you know, uh, help bring about the kingdom. And so something about like when you're filled with all that guilt and stuff, you're forgiven, go do something outside yourself, pray for the dead. And then you were able to connect it very beautifully with like just the mercy of God. And so it's, that's great. I love it. Yeah. So um, is there a penance that you have received that has been really impactful for you? Like, what do you think is the best penance you've ever received? Um, The best penance I ever received, I didn't do. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna get real honest here. Um, so uh, I had this this grouchy old um, chain smoking spiritual director who changed my life. He was amazing, um, and one of the penances he gave me was to go buy myself flowers. He wanted me to go to the store and buy flowers for myself, and the idea was like it was to give me humility to do something nice for myself to like. <laughs> Uh, brighten up my room. And that was the hardest penance anyone ever gave me. And I looked at him and I said, can I do something else instead? <laughs> and so I negotiated with him. I ended up buying myself a box of donuts, um, which you know, similar, but a little bit different. Way better. Way, Way better. better. Right. <laughs> Still awkward. No, humi- no, no humility in the donuts though. Right, exactly. So he was merciful and let me negotiate my penance down. Um, but that was just so clever and profound. Uh, and I wish I wish I had done it, uh, looking back on it. Uh, but I've I, that experience has helped me remember like sometimes, because especially if you're a Catholic and you're really striving after holiness, you can forget the fact that you're just, you're just beloved. You're just a child of God. 
And maybe you deserve some flowers, because not because you deserve them, but because Jesus loves you and wants you to have some flowers. Go buy yourself some flowers. So that that was one of the ones that like really has stuck with me ever since uh, he gave me that penance. You just revolutionized my life. Yeah. I had no idea bartering was an option. It literally is. <laughs> yeah, no, this is important. So if, you, if there's a penance you don't think that you can fulfill, uh, you can tell your, uh, your confessor, you can ask for a different penance. Um, so it, maybe it's something like this, like maybe you struggle with scruples and the priest was like, uh, I just want you to go and be thankful to God. And in your brain, you're like, how long do I be thankful to God for? Like, what do I pray? What do I do? That's going to drive me crazy. Can you give me something more concrete? Or like, uh, the priest might say like, um, can you, you know, pick up this book and read a chapter? It's like, well, that sounds good, but knowing me. I will put this off for a day and then not buy the book. And like, I just don't think I can fulfill it in a reasonable time. So stuff like that. If there's a reasonable reason, you can ask for a different penance. That's that's your pro pro tip for the day. Oh, man. I'm going to have way too much fun with this. You have no idea what you're saying <laughs> on my local priesthood. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I can't. I can't be any different than that person who struggles with scruples. Yeah. Because someone said, say, thank God. I would walk out and I wouldn't be out of the confessional. And I'd be like, thanks, God. And I would just leave the church immediately because I already completed my penance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> People, everybody's a little different. So yeah. I did the deed. I did what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. um, you want to hear the best part? What? Here I am having this, having this big moment of <laughs> God's mercy. Yeah. And literally flash like thinking about the day I died some random person prayed for me and all that stuff that gave me goosebumps when I shared it a few minutes ago yeah and then he goes and and I go there's an and <laughs> oh no <laughs> he said and pray 10 Hail Marys 10 Hail Marys that's the second longest penance I've ever gotten <laughs> are you sure you didn't confess killing somebody because that's a big penance <laughs> I did not I did not I just I thought it was so funny because here I am getting the most like merciful and like grace-filled penance I've ever received and then he's also like but also remember like you're a piece of crap and you just got the second worst penance you've ever received in your entire life. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it was so funny because like all it did, like I didn't feel like a piece of crap again. I right. just laughed. Yeah. I was like, this is hilarious. I'm in the middle of this like deep encounter with God and he's also weaking at me like, yeah, but I know who you are, Taylor. Yeah, I know that you'll know this is hilarious. Get some reps in. Do, do your Hail Marys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very funny. So, um, now without breaking the seal, yeah. obviously, but I think I think we we talked about this. I think you could share about this, sure. Because you have are have been on the other side of this multiple times, where you have you have heard confession and you have given penances. Yeah. So, like, what is what? Two things. Two things. One, like, what's the most common penance that you give? Mm -hmm. And two, what do you think is the best penance that you've ever given somebody? Okay, so if it's a normal. Just like another weekday confessional thing. A lot of times it's real simple. A lot of times it's three Hail Marys. Maybe it's three Hail Marys for your family or something. Because most people who go to confession on a regular basis, um, you know, they've heard the advice. Uh, they, they know what they struggle with. It doesn't need to be elaborate. They just need God's forgiveness. Say a few Hail Marys. So in general, day-to-day -day stuff, that's that. It's helpful when there's more of a context. So, for example, on this retreat, uh, I heard bunch of confessions from uh, the teenagers. And I can say this because I won't give away any specific person because I did this a bunch of times. And I would tell the teenagers, uh, 
I want you to go back into adoration and tell God what kind of relationship you want with him. And the idea behind that penance is to give them a way to start just talking to God, because this might be the first time doing it, you know? I, and it, there's Taylor going, a good one, and then I'm done with my penance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe for you I've done something different, I don't know. Uh, but uh, that way they can start like, oh, and that will get them thinking, like, what do I actually want from Jesus? Like, what's the point of this? And maybe they'll start thinking, what kind of relationship does God want with me? So I kind of, given that context, I really like that kind of thing to invite them into prayer. Uh, another penance that I've given a bunch of times before that I like is a lot of times, believe it or not, uh, a spouse will go to confession and will say that they argued or yelled at their spouse. Now, big shocker, this happens all the time. I didn't know that was a sin. Now, uh, <laughs> I guess it depends on how you're arguing with them. You know, uh, I've, I've never been wrong, though. So yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So I'll now ask, you see why I got 10 Hail Marys. Yes. And they'll say, uh, and I'll ask them, did you apologize for the way you acted? And a lot of times the answer is like, well, you know, we're good now. And I'm like, hmm. Did you apologize? And they'll go, no. <laughs> For your penance, I want you to apologize to your husband. I want you to apologize to your wife. To bring out into the open, like, this real reconciliation. You had the fight out in the open. The reconciliation has to be out in the open. You have to communicate that. And I think that can be a very healing and humbling experience. Like, you just have to say, I am sorry. <laughs> you just got to drop it. Like, no excuses. doesn't matter if you were technically right. You're acting like a D-bag. You have to say, <laughs> I am sorry. So that's another penance that uh, I think is a, is a good one. But, Father, that's why I'm here. I'm saying sorry here. I've only got one sorry to give, and I'm giving it to you, God. You got to eke out another one. You got to say sorry <laughs> to the person you live with. <laughs> everybody, everybody listening to this show knows my thoughts on apologies. Jesus never apologized, so I won't either because I want to be like Christ. <laughs> I would give you a penance of, like, you have to apologize to everyone you've ever met. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know what I would do? Yeah. Barter with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had a good I had a fun time today, Father. I feel yeah. like I've learned some things today, mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like uh, some deep, deep, dark secrets have been revealed. <laughs> I think they have. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Um, uh, this also reminds me, you know, I, I fought for years to go to confession with you, and this this only proves that I'll actually never do it. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> after this segment, you would give me the worst penance. I think if you I've actually went to confession to me in real life, we would end up just fighting each other, and then we would both have to go to confession to somebody else. Right. <laughs> I, I would barter with you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be so great. It'd be so great. Uh, I would just, there'd be a line outside. Yeah. Everybody's waiting to get in. And I'm just like, um, can I trade you two of the Hail Marys you've given me for one Our Father? I mean, it's about <laughs> the same amount of time. You, know? you can do one Our Father and half a glory be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second half or first half? I have scruples. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, that's our show for the day. I'll be back next week. See ya. Maybe the last time you hear me talk about the Grotto Network for a while. It's just the last ad they have paid for. Maybe they'll pay for more. But maybe they will pay for more if 
you guys do the call to action, which has been for this whole time. Follow at Grotto, G-R-O-T-T-O Network. Follow at Grotto Network on Instagram. I've told you before, they're one of my favorite Instagram accounts. This is just like a uh, greatest hits of what Taylor has said about how much I love this account. Uh, one of my really good friends um, helps run the account, doing some great stuff on social media, especially for um, pre-evangelization. So meeting people where they are, not necessarily like being front-facing Catholic, but sharing Catholic things, sharing things that will entice people to become Catholic. And I... Love it. Um, it's it's dealing with people on the fringes. It's dealing with all sorts of different uh, different things that a lot of Catholic content or uh, a lot of Catholic uh, like accounts aren't doing. So follow them at Auto Network. Help you. Help me. Help you. Help them. Help me. Help you. Help them. Help God. That's what we're going with. Oh, also, I forgot to say bye. Thank you guys for watching, uh, listening to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, have a great rest of your Advent. I will be back next week. And if you don't want to miss it, please hit that subscribe button. Um, let us know on social media, at Taylor Schroll on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and at Forza Catholic on Twitter and Facebook. Let us know what you thought of the show. Share it with your friends. This is the season of giving. Give to us for free by sharing this with a friend. It would really, really help us out. You guys are awesome. Stay strong this Advent, and I'll be back next week with another episode.